this is Laura. And this is Ardeen, and welcome back to What Happens After Dark Season 2. It's going to be so good. It's going to be the best season. We yes. missed you guys so much, yes. and we're so excited uh, for the episodes we have to share this season. They're going to be epic. Yes, yes. Welcome back, guys. I'm so excited. I know a lot of you have reached out to me, my peaches and yeah. stuff, asking me when we're going to record again, so... Here we are. Yes, we're ready for you. We missed you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. So we're going to go straight into it because what we have as a first episode is going to take probably two or three episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yep. So so what did you do before we start? How was it for you this, this month that we've been <sighs> apart? Let's see. So I made a trip to Pocatello and got oh. my Gaia and took Millie with me. And poor baby, she got so upset in the car while I was in the shop that she had diarrhea all over the back end and I had to throw out her bed and stuff. So she did not like being in the car. And it was crazy because remember how when we went, we parked like right in front? I had to park way down. I don't know what was going on there. Oh, so she couldn't see you then. Yeah. And then let's see, what else have I done? Uh, You went to see Zach. Yeah, I went to see Zach. Ash and I went to see Zach last weekend down in St. George. I got my very first tattoo at 53. So, and it's for my peaches. It's Fight Like a Girl, which also goes with my other podcast. And yeah, it was, and it didn't even hurt. My son was like (laughs) getting his, but they were doing them like right here on the wrist on the inside oh, but and it doesn't hurt either i minded it oh hurt. my gosh my son was like trying to hold it together <laughs> but his is going to be cool because he's going to do a whole cuff of mushrooms oh and okay. so he's got this start uh this part started on his wrist guys and his forearm and yeah. it's going to go all the way around and it's going to go all the way around pretty soon it'll just be a sleeve it's going to be so pretty oh. my tattoo artist i'm going to do a shout out katie bird down in St. George at Taboo Tattoo. Amazing, amazing work. I am oh. so excited because Ardina and I are going to go back and get and some get more. And get our tattoo. We're going to do the same tattoo. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so beautiful, too. Yeah, it's we'll perfect. We'll have to post pictures when we get it done. Yeah. So I'm excited. And uh, what have you been doing? Well, I went back to Africa, to Nigeria, to visit the love of my life. Uh, we had a great, amazing time. Um... So it was there for two weeks. I came back and then I got a really bad flu. Yeah. I was miserable for a whole week, but I'm doing okay now. I'm ready to start a new season. We just missed recording, I think. Yeah, we did. I did. It's been kind of, it's like, because you do it every week for so long and then we had this big break and it was like, I felt empty inside. (laughs) <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and the heat in Africa is oh, unbearable. Gosh. Oh my God, I was suffocating. I barely went to go do anything because it was so hot. It's like, I just want to be in front of the fan. Like, I, I would be like, moments that would be like, come out of the shower straight in front of the fan, butt naked, because it was so hot. Gosh. Oh my God. The first day I kept drying myself, drying myself. Drying, I'm like, why am I still wet? I was sweating. The humidity there is. Well, that video you sent me of the rain was it's insane. So, it's insane. Yeah. But it gets really nice and cooler after it rains. So I was like, please rain. Please rain. <laughs> Out there doing a rain dance. <laughs> oh my God, yes. But it was beautiful. I met his family. They are so loving, so yes. wonderful. I am so 
happy and honored I met them. We had a good time. What are these beads you got? These are really pretty. So this was for my in-laws. They're oh. coral, the African coral beads. Oh, wow. I have a necklace that goes with it. I forgot to wear it, but it's really yeah. Pretty. They gave me a lot of African beads and stuff. Uh, nice. The family uh, met the aunt. Uh, I met his best friend. Well, not best friend, but a good friend. A good friend is barber. Uh, he's been his barber. His barber. <laughs> Since he was little, he's been shaving his head since he was little. So he's been <laughs> his barber, the family friend, I guess. So that's cool. Yeah, they were really nice. So nice. Yeah. And Ardeen brought me back a really beautiful, like, cluster oh. of smoky quartz. Um, beautiful. It's like a cluster. So it's really, really, really pretty. Yeah. Like, really pretty. It is from there. Yeah. They just go dig it out and to the market. It's very impressive, but. Oh, they actually, like, just dig it out of the ground there? Yeah, I don't know where they go, but they dig wow. it out and bring it. They have uh, the rose quartz. They have a lot of amethyst um, and other things. I don't know what they were. I couldn't find the witch's fingers. Yeah, no, I that's think that's be a, a really different part rare... Of Africa. Oh, maybe Kenya or something, huh? Maybe. Yeah. We'll have to do our trip to Kenya, and then we'll find out. Yeah. I'll have to do some more research and see, because it is, like, so rare. Like, if we just get one, oh, yeah. that would, I mean, that's really rare. Yeah, so. it's rare. I want to get that for sure. So, it's still, I'm not losing hope that we'll find it. Um, yeah. We'll just have to do more research on where exactly it is. Nice. I'm excited. So, well, I'm glad you're back, Ardine. And I'm glad I missed back. you. <laughs> I missed you terribly. I was like, oh, my God, I'm there dying, sweating. I must have lost I kid you not, 10 pounds, just sweating yeah. it off. Well, I lost her the first night she was gone because <laughs> the internet wasn't working. <laughs> and I was like, I let, I finally found the, <laughs> an email address where I could locate you. And I was like, if you do not respond, I'm calling the consulate right <laughs> now. <laughs> and I forgot that I didn't put it uh, the roaming on. So, and I'm like, okay, so they're not writing. I'm like, and I'm sending the messages I'm here. And I'm like, they're not saying anything. And then he's like, babe, you're not on roaming. I'm like, well, how do I do that? He's like, here. And then it started going beep, 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 beep. And then I saw him like, oh, my gosh, she's about to call the consulate. We got to tell her I'm okay. Yeah, I was like, that's it, man. I'm sending the police, the army, I don't know. but Interpol. I just had the most worst thoughts. I was like, okay, so they've human trafficked her. Where would they have taken her? Oh, my God. I was like the only white person on the plane. And they do hassle you because when they see you're white, they think you have a lot of money. money. And they just hassle you for no reason. And it was tough. It is tough. I'm, I'm telling you. Oof. But I got through. I made it through just fine. And what? And so, any other exciting news or anything fun? Well, I'll say this: um, Felix and I are engaged. So the next trip for sure, I know we'll probably be getting married. So oh my gosh, so I can process his um, his uh, petition to come here. Yeah. Yeah, and he, got, he got an email from uh, the show 90 Day Fiance. 
Oh, really? <laughs> if, if his K-1 visa was approved, they'd like to know because they're interested in, in having us be part of the cast. And I'm like, don't you answer. <laughs> don't. Leave it. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. You guys can be game show celebrities. I could kill Karina right now. Karina, wait till I come visit. I'm going to get you. She signed us up for that. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> I would never do that. No, thank you. Put my, my private life out for the world. No. Yeah, that's a little bit more than just even putting it on Facebook. I don't care how well they pay. No. <laughs> no. What are you saying? You don't want to be a celeb? No. Hell no. <laughs> no. What's the winnings? Did he know what the winnings were at all? Like what you guys would win if you win the show or whatever? I don't know. Huh. I guess they pay you to be in the show. Oh, okay. And so if you get married and you stay, I guess that's the winning. Oh, wow. Huh. But no, no. I'm too private to, to yeah. do something like that. And there's not drama between us. They want couples where there's drama fighting. Oh. And I, I'm not. I'm not about that. Yeah, no, no. We we have a peaceful relationship. Uh, we communicate so well, even if we don't agree. We talk about it normally. We don't even argue. Oh wow, which yeah. is nice. He's very uh, patient, very calm. Calm. Yeah, he's not the type that'll blow up and and say something he'll regret later. And so I love that about him. Yeah. That if I, um, because sometimes I feel insecure because yeah. of all that I've been through. And he has all that patience to help me get through that and say, it's okay. No, don't worry about it. We're going to be fine. So. That's nice. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change him. For the no. Word. Yeah. No, no He's drama. It's my love. Even doing like fake drama like that is I just, no. no. I, I couldn't even fake it. How, yeah. how do you fake it? I couldn't do it. No, you don't pick up your dirty underwear. You're gonna get <laughs> you. You leave the toilet seat up or whatever. It's like so ridiculous. No, <laughs> no, thank you. Mm-mm. All right, so let's get to it. Yes, let's hit this bad boy. Yeah. So I'm gonna start with Case Cross. Uh, it's a polygamous cult leader and satanic leader. Uh, it's located in 388 Boynton Road, Kaysville, Utah, 84037. Uh, I think in the summertime, yeah. there's tickets that you can get in and visit this place. Uh, I think it's $15 or more. I don't know. but <laughs> Let me ask you about the polygamous part, because you know the LDS cult. Mm-hmm. They, so did it start out as LDS and then go to satanic? Or? Uh, no, I think, that, I was, think they were probably LDS, but this guy is so twisted that um, it was more like um, he turned it into more like a satanic thing. Ah, uh, I gotcha. So he might have started out LDS and turned it into Two. because he's kind of sick. Yeah, he's a twisted, and I don't know anything about him, so this is going to be a okay. learning experience well, for me. You, it, 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 the only thing you know is will come up. It's going to blow your mind. <laughs> So, Kay's Cross, or what it remains of it, is located in Kaysville, Utah, on what has historically been a farmland for going on for about 100 years. A large stone cross that stood here for many years was reduced to rubble in February of 1992. That's the year I got married. 
Oh, really? <laughs> in Ooh. November, though. Also, oh, it was before you got married. Yeah. Mm. Even with the cross being mostly destroyed, the legends of its haunting nature still runs rampant. Uh, since at least the late 1970s, early 80s, people, usually teenagers, have been sneaking into the property to see the cross for themselves. It's surrounded by trees and back then probably considered to be out in the middle of nowhere. This would have been a creepy trek, no doubt. Uh, the creep factor would have escalated even more if they cut through the Kaysville Cemetery to get to Kays Cross. I guess next to it, there's a little cemetery. Like, because Kaysville is pretty old, so yeah. it's probably like the, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so um, Kays Cross was a beacon for bored kids who were drawn by various legends that seemed to grow and morph throughout the years. Like with other legends, the truth is often stranger than fiction. Uh, the real history of Case Cross involves a polygamist and a religious cult with a random connection, here it comes, to Charles Manson. Ooh. He was part of that cult. Um, anyone who has done basic research on Case Cross knows that the mystery of who built the cross hasn't been that much a mystery since 1992, shortly after the cross was blown to smithereens. Um, on April 5th, 1992, the Deseret News reported on an interview conducted by a local historical society with a man who claimed he helped build a cross in the summer of 1946. The name of this man was Merlin Kingston. The parcel of the land that the cross is on uh, has been owned by the Kingston family since at least the 1900s. Uh, for those outside of Utah, the K clan is well-known poly polygamist family in Utah, and the K is for Kingston. Um, oh, so it's not K-A-Y, it's just K. It's just the K. Ah, okay, okay. It was just the K on the cross. Um, According to Merlin Kingston, the cross was built in honor to Krishna Venta, according to plans Venta himself had drawn. The large K at the top of the cross stood for kingdom, a world that played a word that played a prominent role in Venta's speeches. The arms of the cross were to be covered in glass and hold scriptures. Uh, wow. Francis. Penkovic, a.k.a. Krishna Venta, was born uh, of a religious cult leader who gained popularity in the 40s and 50s. He also just so happened to have lived in Utah for five years, and he became acquainted with Merlin Kingston's brother while serving in the army. He called himself Jesus Christ. Oh, yes, and brought his flock to help the victims of Bakersfield earthquake back in 1952. Yeah, back in California, the Bakers. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he was crazy. Uh, Krishna Venta Center and members of his box Canton base cult stands in front of the J.C. Penney store on Chester Avenue with the local Red Cross walkers two days after the earthquake earthquake in August 22 of 1952. I have pictures, so yeah. we'll have to 
Is this Krishna guy, is he the Harry Krishnas? The ones that are mm-hmm. at the airport that like ask for, you know, how they used to stand out there and ask for money and stuff, the Harry Krishnas. And they were like flower power and yes, stuff. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, yes, yes. Yep, that's where they came from. Venta was your classic cult charlatan. He was born in San Francisco in 1911. By the time he was 30, he had a long record of arrest for petty crimes, including sending what was perceived as a threatening letter to the President of the United States. Oh, my gosh. Well, back then you could. Yeah. By 1941, it seems as if he was well on his way to being a cult leader. He, his first wife, uh, their two children, and his secretary took a trip to Alaska on, a passen- on the passenger manifest. His occupation was listed as MD. Another record lists his occupation as a writer. He was just full of crap. He was just making shit up just so he could. Yeah. Wow. I couldn't find a Venta graduated high school or if he attended college because he definitely was no doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's there's no way you can be a doctor and not have a record of it or a license (laughs) or or be registered. But back then, I guess people were just easy to fool. (laughs) <laughs> there was no Google. <laughs> yeah, no Google. No internet. <laughs> so by 1944, he was divorced from his first wife, most likely because he had been caught having an affair with his secretary, who was oh, married geez. also, almost immediately after his divorce was finalized. What? He was living in Salt Lake City, following his second marriage, and enlisted in the Army at Fort Douglas, as a conscience, conscientious objector of 1945. Sorry, I can't say that word. He was assigned to the Army Medical Corps. However, that didn't last as long as he was back in Salt Lake City by 1946. By now, he was using the name Krishna Venta and was making money as a traveling lecture hall minister. Following his lectures, which were free, he would offer private classes for $50 a person. Oh, let me sign up for that. <laughs> it, it, $50 back then, that was a lot of that, money. Yeah, that's like... $500 yeah. probably now? Yeah. Oh, my God. Why? Where were you when I was 20? <laughs> <laughs> the Kingstons and Venta had a lot in common. They were both amount monies, about money, sex, and to a lesser degree, in Venta's case, power. Krishna, with short hair, probably due to having been discharged from the army recently, according to Merlin's Kingston's 1992 interview, he and his brother invented, invited uh, Venta to hold outdoor lectures on their property in Case Hollow in the spring and summer of 1946. It was during this time that Kay's Cross was erected by Venta and the Kingstons. Their association also appears to have been further cemented by Krishna Venta's mention of the ironic and Melchizedek priesthoods in signage and materials. The Kingstons practicing sectarian Mormons yeah, most I was likely say that. had some part to play in this by laying 
off hands to imbue Venta with a designation and affiliation between their respective cult beliefs. Yeah, Aaronic and McKelsic priesthood, that's the priesthood holders in the Mormon church. And so, yeah, they give like blessings or if they're going to um, like say the Aaronic priesthood is like for boys aged, um, I think they changed it to 11 now up to 18 and then they normally become elders and they're given the McKelsic priesthood. Oh. So when they lay hands on them, it's like a blessing or something that um, like helps that then they move to the next level. Oh. Or if you receive a calling, you get a, you know, a setting apart blessing or something, but it's, it's just, it's, they're it's the cult It's kind of like it for the Catholics, you baptize, you move up to, uh, yeah, you know, first communion and all. Okay, I see. Yeah, it's like a stepping stone, kind of, mm-hmm. for them. So how does Charles Manson play into this? Turns out 1946 was a pivotal year for Venta. He became fascinating with the Mormonism, uh, and by 1947 had legally changed his name to Krishna Venta and left Utah. Upon leaving Utah, Venta gained not- notoriety and followers, um, eventually around a hundred, give or take, and starting the Wisdom, Knowledge, Faith, Love, WKFL, Foundation of the World Cult. Mm. Wow. They lived on 25 acres in Box Canyon in California, where they built a monastery in 1948. Interesting. Isn't that where Charles Manson started to? It could be. I know that he's like Death Valley. Okay. A lot. Well, that's later in life, but yeah. Okay. So the fountain members were known to mostly keep to themselves, always walked around barefoot and wore long flowing robes. Not only were they nonviolent, but they would help people in the nearby communities, including saving victims from a plane crash in the hills near the compound. The fountain was open to visitors and they would perform plays in which the local community were invited. Gosh, I remember stories about that. I mean, I don't think I would, because this is in what year? 1947, Yeah, I remember like hearing stories about that kind of Mm -hmm. thing, but I was not born yet. Yeah. All was not perfect at the fountain. However, Venta was jailed for 10 days for refusing to comply with court-ordered child support. His defense of non-payment was that the foundation members share all of their assets, so none of the, ba- the money was just his. What, what an easy out for him. Yes. <laughs> he also had a, a penchant for gambling and was known to make frequent trips, trips to Reno and Vegas. Um, there was also the world travel, such as the time he went to London and Rome, to try for an audience with the Pope. Oh my gosh. How insane, how deranged. So all the money that the group had, he was using for he traveling. Was for him, yep. For a man with no money of his own, he sure seemed to live quite well. <laughs> Venta's grand cult plans came to a shocking end in December 1958. On the evening of December 10th, two ex-Fountain members who had become tired of Venta's hypocrisy regarding money and the fact that uh, he was sleeping with their wives. Oh my gosh. Confronted him in order to try to get him to confess to crimes while one of them uh, taped the conversation with a hidden tape recorder. Plan 
A didn't work as they figured it wouldn't. So they decided to go with plan B and blow themselves and anyone else close enough to bits and detonating a bag full of dynamite. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Krishna Venta was killed along with the seven other cult members, including women and children. Uh Yeah. So despite Venta's death, the fountain of the world survived. And by 1968, Charles Manson, along with a few of his followers, would stay at the monastery off and uh, for a few months after he began uh, scaring the fountain of the world members that they were finally forced to leave. Even though Venta died a decade before Manson ever made to it to the foundation of the world, he seems to have had an impact on Manson. Manson adopted many of Venta's prophecies and twisted them into his own, much more violent. Hitler, Skettler. Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter. Oh, Helter. Yeah, it's a Beatles song, I think. Oh, Helter Skelter, yeah. Krishna's wife and kids eventually left California for Alaska, taking a few of the cult members with them. Some of the members decided to join the People's Temple, led by Jim Jones, and we all know how that ended. Oops. No, I don't know about Jim Jones. Do you? No. We're going to have to look that one up. I'm going to look that one up. That's going to be another one. That's interesting. So what happened to the cross? So for decades, a crudely constructed 20-foot-tall cement and stone cross stood in the hollow of the northern outskirts of Kaysville, Utah, marked with a large K in the center. The cross was known to the locals as the Kays Cross. It couldn't be seen from any road, and it was on a private property, undeveloped except for a few uh, footpaths that... um, that was deep into the woods. It was secluded, the location, and it was unknown. And the proximity to the Case Cemetery made Case Cross the fixture of urban legend. Mm. I think it's right next to it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think when you see the cross, you walk a little bit and there's like a little gate and there's the cemetery. The cemetery. Yeah. So those who had actually seen Kay's cross said it was built by a polygamist who murdered his seven wives and buried them around its base before hanging them from a nearby tree. Oh, my gosh. And that's one of the hauntings. They say if you go to the tree, you can see the seven wives hanging. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes, if you're lucky enough, you can see them. I bet just the feeling there alone is insane. yes. And it's just... The case cross, and then you walk in the tree. There's yeah. a tree where we'll, we'll, we're going to visit this place, I tell you. We're going to visit and get some Yeah, we have cool a lot of pictures. We need to go yeah. traveling this summer and mm-hmm. find. Yeah. So Mark in the center. It couldn't be. Oh, no. Those two who actually seen said it was built by the polygamist who murdered his seven wives. In another version of the story, one of the wives' hearts was entombed in the cross. Some reported seeing the bones of small animals scattered at his base and stories of ghosts, witches, werewolves, and ritual sacrifice swirled into the rumors depending on who was telling the tale. Even those who scuffled 
of the supernatural elements agreed that if the property's reclusive owners caught you trespassing, they blast, they blast you with a shotgun full of rack salt. Oh, oh my gosh. God. The thrill and risk of visiting Kay's Cross at night, particularly during the full moon, when it was said the cross uh, glowed and would burn, and it, if you touched it, uh, it would like... Like burn your skin? Skin, yeah. And it had scores of parents warning their children to stay away from uh, the... Can you imagine the rituals that have been performed there? Yeah. Oh, a lot of them. They still probably do. Um, I know they probably have it where you can't trespass anymore, but I think they did it so where you can pay and visit it. But I think um, Ghost Adventures went there and they had the thermal camera. Uh And you can see heat signatures on the cross. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And it's stone. There's no heat. But there, it was like, it, there was a lot of heat. Like, it was on fire. It oh was my gosh. crazy. If you watch that episode, yeah. I'm going to have to look that episode up. <laughs> yes, it's crazy. Um, Keith Ellison, who also grew up in Kaysville when, in the 1980s when he attended Morgan Elementary School, which had a playground bordering the hollow. During recess, we snuck under the fence and hiked through the woods, he said. Uh, when they came to the clearing and saw the enormous cross, Ellison says, I immediately got the F, the, well, I'll say the uh-oh feeling and felt like I had crossed some kind of a line in my life. Wow. So there's an energy attached to it. We'll see what, what feelings we get when we go. Well, if there was a lot of evil things that were going yeah, around there. Yeah, and sacrifices that yeah. they did. Oh, Gosh, dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely uh-huh. voodoo yeah. energy there. Crazy. Yeah. So Roger Gardner's childhood home bordered the property, and he could have walked from his front door to the base of the cross in under five minutes, but he never once visited because it remembered his dad telling him and his brothers, only go to Case Cross if you want a big trouble. Indeed, many of the locals said Case Cross was surrounded by an unworthily evil, or at the very least, it was a magnet for sketchy and unpredictable people. More than a few teenagers bragged about hiking to the cross at night, getting drunk and stoned and spray-painting pentagrams on the rocks. Um, the prudent kept the distance, and the adventurous and reckless weren't always reliable with their stories. In the pre-internet age, no digital, no digital photographs of the cross could be snapped and posted, so legends of it easily grew more mysterious. One, documentate, one documented uh, fact the locals could agree on, however, was the cross widely reported destruction. On February 15, 1992, <coughs> sorry, I need to drink water, sorry. Well, while you're doing that, let me just say, why would someone want to live that close to this freaking thing? I know. I think I'd vacate my house. But the Kingstons were part of it, and they built it, so they were still owning that, I think. Oh, okay, okay. Gosh. In the, yeah. So nearby residents reporting hearing a loud boom. Deputies of the Kaysville Police Department made their way into the hollow 
uh, to find Kay's cross destroyed, apparently by 80 pounds of dynamite. Oh my gosh. Planted at the base, no arrests were ever made. Locals speculated the reclusive property owners destroyed it themselves because trespassers had become a nuisance. Yeah. yeah. So probably too much. They decided to destroy it. That's a lot of freaking dynamite, though. Hell yeah. <laughs> it was a big cross, 20 feet. I know, but gosh dang. Yeah. In the years that followed, the foot traffic into the hollow um, waned. Waned, like slowed down. Oh, okay. But the urban legends were too sticky to let go. Brent Hugh, who grew up in Kaysville, took up Kays Cross lore as a hobby, researching it and publishing his findings in his blog. Some of what Hugh discovered was a matter of public record, but had been obscured or forgotten, taking a backseat to the more fantastical stories of witches and animal sacrifice. Oh, gosh. The land... Case Cross stood on was and still is owned by the Kingston clan. The Kingstons were originally a group of Mormon fundamentalists <laughs> who broke from the mainstream church of Jesus yes. Christ of Latter-day Saints in 1920. The clan's uh, patriarch, Charles Eldon Kingston, founded what his followers called the Order and sometimes the Co-op. In public record, it is the Davis County Cooperative Society. The co-op practiced polygamy and lived under a united order. Still controlled. Yeah. A type of communism where goods and services were to be shared. Over the decades, he became increasingly withdrawn from society, but the clan's entrepreneurial self Reliance led them to acquire multiple farms and cattle ranch and even a coal mine. And their beliefs and practices have often pulled them out of obscurity, as shown most recently in September of 2022 lawsuit filed by former clan members against the Kingston's for sexual battery, child abuse, and sexual sex trafficking minors born into the organization. How sick. Well, that if you look at like even the FLDS and then um, LDS, especially back, you know, starting with Joseph Smith, he had mm-hmm. child wives, you know, and we're taught growing up in this in this cult that that you know that was normal. He was yeah. saving them because he didn't have they didn't have any other family, but if you really look at it, they did have family, and it was about sex trafficking of, of young girls. And Brigham Young, I mean, he called for it even more than than Joseph did. And it's just, it's alarming. So this, I mean, they broke off from them. Well, from the FLDS. So, um, yeah, and the difference between LDS and FLDS is that when the FLDS, when it was first started, was they believed that only descendants of Joseph should be the prophet, not other people. Mm. And so the LDS, they say they call a prophet based on what God tells them. Yet the FLDS has always been kind of passed down from descendants of Joseph oh. Smith. Um, I don't know if Jeff Warren's, because he's a, he was over the FLDS church. I don't know if he was a descendant of Joseph. We all know he was just the worst person on the face of the planet. But um, mm. yeah, it's interesting. It's a bunch of sickos. It is all very, very, very sick. All of it. Who knows? Maybe they still are. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know for a fact, but... 
if that's how they started it. Yeah. Who's to say well, the lawsuit was in 2022. That's just a year ago. Oh, that's just a year Not ago. Not even quite a full year because we're only in, what, May? May? Of, oh, my God. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Ooh. They're a pretty large and wealthy and secretive group, Hugh explains. They're very much kept to themselves. Hugh found property records and newspaper articles of the Kingstons, but very little information about the enormous cross that stood on their property. Then in 2019, Hugh received an email from someone claiming that her father, Malvern Hansen, had helped build the cross in 1940s. Hugh was told that Hansen has written about it in his journal and was given sections of it for publication. Mm. If Hansen's story is true, the origins of Case Cross are far less sinister than murdered wives and ritual sacrifice. The real story, however, may even be more bizarre, involving the Kingston's clan in a wandering religious zealot who claimed to be reincarnation of Jesus Christ. That right there tells you how deranged they are yeah. mentally. Yes. Nothing would be surprising. No. No. That's Jeez. sick. In his journal, Hansen recorded that in the summer of 1946, he and other members of the Kingston Co-op met with a man named uh, Francis Penkovic, which was Krishna Venta, yeah, and believed himself to be Jesus Christ. So Penkovic thought he, he was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. No. No, not somebody evil. I mean, I do believe in past lives and that we do progress on to other lives, but, but no, 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 uh, no. Pankovic served in the army with John Ortel Kingston and was invited to preach to the Kingston by the clan's patriarch. After a few meetings, Hanson and Charles Kingston confided to each other that they didn't really believe Pankovic was the son of God, despite his skepticism. Penkovit persuaded members of the clan to build a stone cross on the property as a tribute to Jesus' crucifixion. I don't know. Delusional. Delusion. Yeah. Hansen wrote that the K on the cross stood not for Krishna, Kaysville, or even Kinsnell, Kingston, but for knowledge. Unlike a standard crucifix, the base arms and head spread away from the center junction. Grooves were made in the arms to serve as themselves as shelves for uh, scriptures, um, and they were supposed to be covered with the stained glass. But Hans's records that Penkovic moved on to California later that year while the cross was still under construction. In Penkovic's absence, the project was abandoned, although Penkovic apparently continued to use the stylized cross in the new organization he founded wisdom wisdom knowledge faith and love when you look at the old photos of Pinkovic compound in california it was his symbol says hughes the same motif was on the clothing even on the doors wow mm -mm. i didn't realize no, we're mm -hmm. good. This is interesting. Like, I, I didn't know anything about this. So this is really awesome. Yeah. Hansen's uh, journal entry corroborated by a little heralded newspaper article shortly after Kay's Cross was destroyed in 1992. The Desiree News uh, reported that a man named Merlin Kingston 
reached out to the Caseville Layton Historical Society, claiming to have information on the cross and wanted to set the record straight. Merlin Kingston in name is named in is named in Hanson's journal as one of the builders of Case Cross. Sections of his testimony leaked to the Desiree News and the at the time described Penkovic's involvement, but the article was thin on details. The interview was supposedly recorded, but Rosling Slade, a society member who heard Kingston's uh, story firsthand, told uh, the Desiree knew he gave us the information with understanding we wouldn't talk about it. Um, the Historical Society has since dissolved and uh, records of Kingston's testimony have been lost. About that time, Malvern Hansen's daughter reached out to Hugh. She also contacted Christina Murdoch on the Kingsville Fruit Heights Museum of History and Art. She said he wanted to put the real story out there, but didn't want people to make it all creepy. <laughs> it's creepy. I'm it's, sorry, dude. You, <laughs> it's you could creepy. put it in sugar-coated and put cherries on top. It's creepy. <laughs> Don't forget the whipping cream. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so Murdoch, who herself remembers visiting the cross as a kid, but only in daylight, at age 96, Hansen shared wow. his journal entry with Murdoch as well as a copy of Penkovic's original blueprint of the cross. He confirmed the cross was Penkovic's idea. When asked why the architect of the cross had been kept a secret, Hansen replied, it was not kept a secret. We just didn't talk about it as we had other things to do. Hugh speculates the reason it took Hansen and Kingston so long to share their story was uh, for fear, uh, they publicly put their group in an unfavorable light. Penkovic must have made quite an impression on the top leader, said Hugh. But they're so secretive that people outside the group and probably even people inside the clan had no idea about the history of the, clo- the cross. There might be, they might have even been some embarrassment about it. Well, of course they are secretive because what they're doing is sick. Well, it's like that 60-minute article or the interview that came out last week with the LDS Church. And and the interviewer asked the one guy, what's the difference between secretive and... um, was the, I, anyways, in this other word, and he's like, "Well, it's it's not secretive." And she kept asking him for a definition: sacred, um, sacred or secretive. And he's like, "There is a huge difference." And she's like, "You guys are being secretive." Yes. Period. That's what That's it comes it. down to, yeah. and it is. It's if you go, if you've ever been in the Mormon temple and you're not still Mormon, kudos for you. I've been in there, and it is all about rituals. I mean, it's all rituals. Yeah. I mean, there's no sacrificing of anybody. I'm, they'd be arrested, but yeah. it is definitely all very ritualistic. So mm. She said he wanted to put the real story out there, but didn't want people to make it all creepy. <laughs> Please. A decade after he left Caseville, Penkovic was murdered in a suicide bombing by two of his uh, WKFL followers who believe he had embezzled from the organization and committed adultery with his wives. Nine others also died in the explosion, which have been 
uh, the genesis of the legend about the nine murder wives buried at Hayes Cross. Today, the remains of the enormous cross are still visible. The base has become a pile of cement and creek rock that can be uh, shrouded by vegeta vegetation in the summer. Uh, railroad ties that were used um, to frame the cross in which Hansen described in his journal are exposed now through twisted and bent from the explosion. The arms remain intact in the large letter K in the center of the Shattered Cross can still be seen. Wow. About a decade after Kay's Cross was destroyed, members of the Kingston clan decided to open the land to the paying public for a haunted tour of the hollow. A scale replica of the old cross was built closer to the main road and paths into the hollow became an outdoor haunted walk. The tour's website leans heavily into the old urban legends. A video of the site uses an ominous music and images with a sinister voice that calls the cross a beacon of evil and warns that numerous sightings of paranormal activity have plagued these woods for generations. True. 40. I want to go walk through those woods. I do. Well, if you're with me, I won't go by myself. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> for sure, we'll do it. We should find out and see if there's a phone number or call and see if they do it anytime or is it just a certain time a certain time mm -hmm. 40 years ago they never would have done anything like that said hugh they just didn't want to mix with society but now they've turned what used to be a thorn in their side into a source of income well they needed money of course so that's the easiest way for them to make yeah. money without actually working mm-hmm the funny thing is, if we'd known the real story, we probably wouldn't have been interested in it at all, says Keith Ellison on his, uh, of his childhood fascination with the cross. To us, it was this terrifying monument of evil with all these mysterious uh, surrounding it. We had to see it for ourselves. But if we'd known some guy who thought he was Jesus tricked some polygamist into building it, we probably would have just I'm stayed in school laughing. grounds and played tag. <laughs> I can just picture this guy, like, I don't know what he looks like, but just like, it's just amazing. People are so gullible or so want to belong to something. Something, it's terrible. And then you have these crazy smart asses that come around and just take advantage of it and it's like oh my god it goes from stupid to stupider it's so funny so there's some ghostly encounters there are many different stories surrounding utah's local legend the case cross during a full moon uh the cross gives off an eerie glow a shadowy figure with red eyes and strange purple fog appears uh, the spook tales surrounding Kay's cross are varied and many. During a full moon, the cross gives off the eerie glow, um, or a strange spectral woman haunts the cross, chasing away visitors. A satanist uh, performs sacrifices at its base on Halloween night, oh or gosh. the face of a murdered woman appears in the cross on the anniversary of her death. Or the cross will be burned any way that touches 
when you touch it, you can feel it hot, like heat coming out. And like those that can afford a thermal camera can see the heat signatures like, you know. Well, like when we went to that one cemetery, remember that Mm -hmm. one? The heat was coming out for that baby, that nine-year-old. Yeah. And it felt good because it was winter (laughs) and my hands were so cold. (laughs) I was just warming up my hands at the base of the... (laughs) At the base of the tombstone. Wow. It was weird. So I believe that. I believe that. I do too. Now that Mm -hmm. I've seen that, I know. Some tales say that there were victims of um, marauder. Oh, marauders. Marauders? Uh Uh-huh. What is marauders? Um, Let's see. So the victims of marauders. So like... Maybe people that murder in the name of somebody. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But one version is who murdered his wife or seven wives, depending on the teller, and hung himself near the cross in remorse. In its most grisly form, he buried six of his wives around the cross and one standing upright in in its base. Another legend that is sealed only the heart of his wife in uh, in the cross. The center of the cross had been hollowed out over the years, evidence of curiosity seekers excavating for a gruesome trophy. Oh, my god! My God. Others say you can get possessed and not knowing it will make you walk to the cemetery next to the cross. You can see dark shadow, hear voices, and women crying. So that's why please do your protection stuff before you go to a place like this. Because... Yes. You just never know what is lurching in the darkness. Exactly, or what can come home with you. Yeah. You don't take those chances. No. Um, Any belief system that you have, use it to protect yourself before going to places like this. Um, And this is um, something that we strongly advise. You do not trespass. Always, always ask for permission. Now, this is a place where you can pay to get in, pay and get in. We don't condone trespassing. No. And we would never go and investigate a place by trespassing. If we can't get in, then that's that. So do not ever trespass. So with that said. And don't ever like, like kill your seven wives and bury them in a cross or hang them near there. Or hang them on the tree. Well, there's two versions. He either killed them and buried them around the cross or he hung them on the tree. But there's some sightings that they say you can see the wife's hanging on the tree. Yeah, no. Mm. I'm sorry, but just, no. We're going to have to go on a full moon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the next full moon that's like on a a weekend or something. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's up near like past Park City. Is that right? Yeah, it's around there. Up near Park City. Yeah, it's around that area. It's not far from here. Probably a half hour, 45 minute drive. Yeah, we need to, I want to go. I definitely want to do it at night just because yes. I would like to, um, yeah, it says, like, if we were to drive, it's 23 minutes from us. Okay. So, so that's not, not that even far. far. No. We need to do it. We can yeah. do it, like, um, on a Saturday. We're going to need to save up for a thermal camera thing that you were talking about. Yeah, there's apps on the phone, but they're not as... Not as good. Accurate and good, but... 
It doesn't matter. We can play with the phone. Yeah. And see, and see what comes Unless up. it drains our battery like it did when we went up to, what was that, guys? Nemo. Nemo's grave? Yeah, I was going to say Nemo. <laughs> and then when we got back in the car, everything was working, working. again. Yeah. That was just so weird. That was just so weird. So, yeah. So, do you want to start part of yours or you want to do yours a separate episode? Um, well, now you guys can see how Case Cross ties into Charlie Manson. And this is what we were talking about last season, where we were going to start with this and how it ties into one of the most infamous serial killers, cult leaders yeah. in U.S. history. Um, so let's go ahead because we're almost at an hour close yeah. down and then we'll go ahead and start Charlie Manson. OK, sounds good. Let's do that. All right. All right, people. Thank you. We missed you. Yes. Uh, so please um, share. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Samsung Podcast, Podcast Inbox, Deezer, Listen Notes, Stitcher, Pandora, Google Podcasts, RSS.com. Tune in um, if you want us to share any personal stories or if you have any information you want us to share about any of these um episodes if you're from utah and you've been in case cross and you want to share that please do our email is what happens after dark ll at gmail.com we would love to hear from you so please 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 share rate us yeah rate follow us. us and give us some feedback send us some emails yes and then you can find us on social media at facebook as luna wad w-h-a-d lee Instagram is what happens after dark LL and TikTok is wad1210. Um, and then, of course, we have our Patreon site, too. So if you go on and donate, you'll receive, um, you know, you can purchase merchandise hopefully soon on that. And then also um, donate so you can help us go further in our podcast. Yeah career buy new equipment or travel or whatever but do investigations to bring yeah. some cool stuff for you guys um i will share the pictures of of this this yeah. lunatic uh on our on our social media so gosh if he looks anything like charlie manson because he looks like a deranged <sighs> lunatic i'm Ooh. sure this guy does too yeah oh. yeah it's crazy and the wife's how submissive and dominant that you can see how he dominates it's just crazy yeah no crazy crazy Mm. okay well thank you so much for being with us um we'll come back on our next episode with charles manson yes so bye. bye